So this morning's message is, is something that, that is what I would say ripped from the headlines. It's relative to uh, the time and the, uh, the, the status that we find ourselves in, not only here locally, but, but also from a, a country standpoint. There are some things that I'm going to discuss this morning that may make you uncomfortable. I will bring them up. And, and really what I'm trying to do for all of us in here is to understand how to respond in our current environment, to give you some ideas, and to maybe uh, propose some, some different approaches and understanding concerning certain things in our, in our current, um, current world that we live in. We roll right straight from coronavirus right into some civil unrest in this country, right? And so you're looking around and you're like, well, what is all, what is going on? And so as an American, I support the right to protest. I do. And matter of fact, there's probably a lot of us that would even support some of the protests that are going on currently in this country uh, regarding black lives. I support that. I don't support the violence and the looting though. And actually, if you were to ask most standard Americans, both black and white, they don't support the looting or, or, the, or the rioting. And what we, I do believe that there are some outside influences that have infiltrated those groups, but the message should not be lost. I look at things in, in, in the present day and age, you look at it and you're like, man, this is kind of, it's kind of interesting. I look at it from a data point standpoint that you look at it and you go, listen, there's a certain group of, of people in our, in our country that feel as though their voices aren't heard and feel as though that their lives do not matter. You can disagree with that all you want. That doesn't change the fact that they feel that way and that they perceive things that way and that they see life through that lens. What I would suggest that we all do is we sit back and, and, and pump the brakes just a minute and, and try and listen to what is being said. Set aside some of the methods that are being used by some groups, right? But the message behind those things is that there has been in our country, and I, there is, believe me, before I go there, we are going to get to the point and, and the, the point that, that I think that solves all this, and it is Jesus Christ, by the way. Um, however, how we come to Christ, you cannot negate the fact that there is still some out there that, that, that perceive, that, that, that experience things that you and I don't experience. What I was getting to earlier, there was a time, and some of you lived during that time, there was a time in America that, for me, is only in history books, that I see only in history books. Um, and, 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 you know, one of the greatest things that I was able to do, uh, to, to, to do as a family is when we went to Washington, D.C., and we went to the Martin Luther King Memorial. I tell you, that is absolutely a somber experience. And it's, it's really an amazing thing to be able to sit there and read all the quotes you know seeing pictures of it does not do justice you must go there and see it at some point in your life it is a must see uh, and that's just my my two cents to, to you all everybody needs to go see it i believe that but one of the things that that we have to understand is that there was a certain group in america black people in america that did not have the same rights as you and i it was not that long ago. Some of you were alive when that was the case. 
And we say, you know, we're looking around, you go, we should just merely, you know, hey, flip the switch, it's okay, it doesn't happen anymore, right? But you can't erase a generational systematic approach of an oppression of people. You can't simply flip the switch. That's not how that works. You cannot also simply, and I do not, I'm not saying that I speak for anybody other than this is my own revelation and it's my own understanding of things. I share these things with you in hopes that you can have a, an empathetic approach to some of these things that are going on. If you listen to the media, either one side or the other, you'll either hate or despise. The media and everything that we see in our world today would have you to be either 100% for it or 100% against it, right? And their objective is to cause a separation between its citizenship, exactly. right, and the people. We as Christians, and as you understand the scripture, and as we understand the scripture, Christ unifies us. So the message must be centered and focused around Jesus Christ. But we cannot negate the fact that we have to be able to understand people's perspective. We have to be able to understand and empathize with their thought process concerning these things. Some of you have lived through these things. You see these things. We have, you have your perspective. I have mine. Depending on how we were raised, depending on how things were done, uh, where we were raised, the side of town we were raised in, the environments that we were raised in, we see things differently. It's not until you sit down and talk to some folks, and what I would say is you talk to some black folks that can give you a good, honest opinion and their perspective concerning things. And I do believe that that is what needs to take place with, not only within our own lives independently, but also on a community level. There needs to be open dialogue and understanding concerning these things. I also believe that that needs to take place in the church. Because if you take a look around, it's getting less and less, but it's still prevalent. There's black churches and there's white churches. There's Mexican churches and there's white churches. And you look at all this and there's a, there's a degree of separation that, that happens. And you go, well, why is the, that the case? That Some people feel more comfortable going to those places, Right? You go, well, how do you break those things down? How do, you, how do you truly look at people for people? Well, the reality of it is, is you have to understand that there are differences. The scripture teaches us that there's barbarians and Scythians, there's Jews and there's Greeks. All of those things, not that those things don't matter, but once your identity becomes Christ, all those things are what brought you to Christ. And we have to understand that everybody approaches and comes to Christ differently. We have to be able to harness and look at things differently. And to be able to understand other people's perspectives. Simply dismissing the protests as an act of, of, of defiance is missing the message, I think. Understand that there is a group of people out there, that black people feel as though that they have not, their voices have not been heard, that their lives are not valued. You go, well, that's, you know, sometimes you sit back and you go, well, that's just, uh, that's not true. Simple denial of that fact does not make it so. That is their perception. That is their belief. There is data to support those things as well. You go, what do you mean? Well, 
I do think that there is an overarching problem within our police, police force, that there is an absolute, without question, abu abuse of power that spreads across the board. But that's another subject for another day. So you look at that and you go, well, why do I share all these things? Why do I make some people uncomfortable bringing these in? Because it's an uncomfortable subject, right? And so you have to be able to have those conversations. You have to be able to understand that you should never apologize for being white. You should never apologize for being black. You should never apologize for being Asian. You should never apologize. Why would, why, why is it? That's the media. That's them getting in. You should never apologize for the way that God created you. Because we were all created in his own image. Ooh, mankind is his creation. And it runs the whole spectrum. This is where we're getting to. If you look at the, the way the world is today, that, that mankind has continually done these things, you don't, don't apologize for the way that God made you. A mere acknowledgement of those things is not enough. And so we have to have open dialogue. And so when you are, if, if for those of you that have multicultural friends, spend the time and talk to them about these things. Gain their perspective. Get, get an understanding of how they feel and how they perceive life. Take the added time to do that. Why would you do that? It's not for your own benefit. It's not to put a feather in your cap so that you can count how many Asian friends you have or how many black friends that you have. That's not what I'm talking about. My point for saying that is, is so that you gain their perspective so that you can understand that, oh, wow, they believe, they, they see things this way. This is the perception within that culture. You go, hmm, interesting. I have sat down and talked with some. There, there have been discussions that someone has shared with me. He, 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 you know, when he was sat down as a teenager, he was told to behave a certain way when police officers, when he was approached by a police officer. I can assure you and tell you, the things that he shared with me never came out of my father's mouth. Was never a thought process in the buyer's household. And I sat back and I thought, you were taught that? Yeah, I was taught to fear the police. I was taught that you have a strike against you when they pull you over. You could not like that. You could say, ah, that doesn't exist. You're putting your head in the sand. I'm telling you, there are families that, that instruct their kids this way. People of color have that perception of law enforcement against them. They do. You can not like it all you want. But for us to sit back, see, we have to set aside conservatism. We have to set aside being liberal. We have to set aside our political affiliations. What do you mean? Why would we have to do that? Why? Because we have to be able to sit and listen to it as a child of God. This is nothing new. By the way, the racial divide that we see in America and the racial issues that we have in America is nothing new. To mankind. Doesn't excuse it. That's not what I'm saying. But it is nothing new. Galatians chapter 3. We'll pick up in verse 17. Now, I'm going to pick up in verse 17, but before I get there, I want to read at the end of the chapter, and then we'll backtrack, okay? 
So I'm going to start in verse you know, 26. It says, For all are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For, all, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ... Then your Abraham, Abraham's descendants heirs according to promise. You go, why is he talking about that? Well, because if you look at it, guess what? If you were Jew in the church in that time, if you were Jewish, you had a problem with the Gentiles, didn't you? And the Gentiles had a problem with the Jews because the Jews were trying to make the Gentiles do the Jewish things and so on and so forth. And they're looking around. Hey, listen, you're talking about a chosen race, a, cho a, cho a chosen people that, that did not mix with other people. They didn't do that. And here you got the Gentiles coming in, and I can just see it. It's a ragtag bunch of people coming in because the gospel has now been freely preached to all ends of the earth. And you got a bunch of people coming in. They're not coming in through the law. They're not coming in through circumcision. They're coming in by faith. And there was problems between the Jews and the Gentiles. There were problems. There's been problems with God's people to, for that way for generations. I've even shared with you guys because I was not raised in this. I was not raised a missionary Baptist. For 10 years, I felt like I really didn't belong here. And I was a member. Because I didn't have my great uncle or my dad or my cousin. I didn't have no family in this. I didn't think like you all did. I didn't dress. I th some of the half of the dressing things that we come up with, you got to look this way, you got to behave that way. I looked at it, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I don't like any of this stuff. I, I had to wear a tie. Do you know how hard it was for a buyer's male to wear a tie? I have a thick neck. Buy a bigger shirt. <laughs> Buy a bigger shirt. I, you got to go get a tie. You got to go do all these things. We didn't wear ties for two generations. I had to look the part. Now, I'm not against ties. Believe me, I'm not. But it was for me coming to this. I'm, I come from blue-collar family. You talk about it like that. Now, a pair of work gloves. I got work gloves. But I don't have a tie. What are you talking about? Then I realized... That was my own perception and really kind of my own understanding of things. And you realize, okay, I can do that. That was my own perspective coming to this. <laughs> and I'm just as white as anybody else in here, right? You're like, oh, man. Well, part of my challenge was, you know, yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll leave that alone. So my point is, is that you look at that and you go, man, is, you know, that's my perspective. That's my approach, you know, and, and, and it, people are entitled to those things. And so you look at here in, in Galatians chapter 3, he's like, listen, I'm telling you guys, you're all baptized. And this is the key when he talks about it, if you're all baptized into Christ. You clothed yourselves with Christ. Go back up to verse 17. He says, what I'm saying is this. The law, which came 430 years later, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God. So as to nullify the promise. Why is he saying that? Well, he says, for if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. You see, the Jews had lost sight of things. See, the promise was given to Abraham, which 
preceded the law. The law, as we'll read here in just a moment, the law was given because of sin. So the distinction, this is where the truth of the matter is, because I believe that the racial divide and the things that we see today, this is why Jesus is the answer. The, 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 the racial issues and the, and the things, the problems that we have between races and, and dividing up into groups is not an evidence, you know, obviously a different color of the skin. Okay, that's fine. But drawing distinctions between those things, it's just sin. That's a sin problem. It is 100% without question a fleshly and a sin problem. That we draw distinctions between the color of our skin or the side of town that we live on or the type of cars that we drive. Sin. It's the testimony of how corrupt our flesh is when we're left to our own devices, our own thought processes. This is in verse 19. Why the law then? It was added because of transgressions. It says in verse 20, now a mediator is not only for one party, whereas God is, is, is only one. Is the law contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For the law have, had been given, which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed be, be based on the law. But the scripture has shut up everyone under sin. So that the promise by faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. But before faith, uh, before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up uh, up to the faith, which is which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. Uh oh. The Lord starts to set things straight for us. By, in verse 25, but, but now the faith has come and we're no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For you all were baptized into Christ and clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. That does not negate the fact that we come from different walks of life. As a matter of fact, what that does is it kicks the doors open wide. Amen. That we're no longer, the way to truly transcend those things is, is to, to make our identity in Christ Jesus. That is achieved through baptism. That is achieved through faith. We put our faith in him. We, we follow him in, in scriptural baptism. We come out of those baptismal waters. Then you go, well, we come out of those baptismal waters. It doesn't literally change the color of your skin. No, but it changes your identity to the most powerful and high God. Because the blood of Christ now is your identity. His son, his sacrifice. A true representation and a true understanding of those things, an understanding of the importance and value that there is no degree of separation and it is only a fleshly and sin-related thing for us to deal with those. And you look at it and go, it's just sin. It's just sin. Racism or racist thoughts, those kind of things, is all evidence of sin in our lives. where we're allowing our flesh 
to determine the value of an individual based upon the color of their skin or based upon their nationality or based upon those things. Brethren, we got to get rid of all that stuff. And there's a, there's a whole, so you go, what are you doing? I'm not trying to be a civil rights guy. That's not what I'm saying. My point of it is, is that, is, is actually what I'm trying to do is, is, is use the scripture to equip and, and empower us to understand that there is a certain group of people, that there are lots of people actually out there. If you look at the, if you look at the protest, it's very multicultural in nature, is it not? And there's a lot of people rallying behind all this. And so what you look at, they go, hey, there's a lot of people out there searching for this. They're looking for equality. They're looking for, for their voices to be heard and say, hey, this is our avenue as Christians to show, hey, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Well, you can maintain your earthly identity because we all do. We don't come out of those baptismal waters whitewashed. That's not how it happens, right? We come out clean and new creatures. But that, that work is spiritual in nature, is it not? That is what takes place on the inside for all of us. You come out of those baptismal waters, if you're Cambodian, you're still, you're still a Cambodian-American, right? You're still a white person. You know, you're still whatever it is. You know, it, you still come out of those. But, but the difference at that point is, guess what? I'm no longer only identified by that. Now my true identity coming out of those baptismal waters, and we'll read that here in just a moment, coming out of that, my true identity is found in Christ Jesus. Amen. How do we escape the turmoil that's in this world today? It's done through Christ. In John chapter 14, I'll read this just real quick. <clears throat> Familiar scripture to, to all of us. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Amen. Cannot forget that. And one of the things that we must also rationalize and understand. Jesus, more than likely, and I know what, not, a lot of us don't even think this way. But Jesus, more than likely, was not blonde hair and blue eyed. You all do understand that. I've seen a lot of pictures on hanging on walls. Jesus got blonde hair and blue eyes. Like, well, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure he would. He didn't look, he didn't look like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why, and why does that matter? It doesn't matter. My, my, my point of it is, is that you have to at least have that understanding that, yeah, he probably didn't look like that. That's somebody's rendition of, of the image of Jesus Christ. An artist rendition, but he didn't look like that. Probably had pretty dark skin and probably dark hair. Just the way it is. Just something to think about. Colossians chapter 3. Another scripture that I think uh, a group of uh, a scriptures that, that carry the idea and the importance for all of us. <clears throat> In verse 1, it says, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, he says something there that's very important in verse 1. He says, if you've been raised up with Christ, what does that mean? That is a direct correlation to baptism. 
What? Where else are you raised up? You're raised to walk in the newness of life. It says they're seated at the right hand of God. He says, verse 2, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. And it says there that in verse 3, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, in spite of all this turmoil and everything that's going on out there, we have the ability to escape this world. And the problems that this world will only continually pose for us one as, as, as a church in our lives, but also in our communities. Jesus must be the answer. Nothing can be more important than the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our heritage, the side of town we live on, the color of our skin cannot be more important than Jesus Christ. Doesn't negate all those things. Doesn't take those things away from us. Those things are realities. But the gospel message has to be the most important thing. Because the rest of it is all done by mankind. And is subject to absolute failure. We need to be the answer for folks. There's a lot of young people. I, I, if you notice, there's a lot, a lot of young people that are involved in all these things. And so in the protests and some of these things, you look at it, man, they're really young, most of them. And, you know, you look at it, you go, well, what can we tell them? Because they're going to grow up. They're going to get older, right? They're going to be involved in these kind of things. And so you can say, hey, listen, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what his word teaches us. You can look at the scripture we already read. There's neither male nor female. Well, you take a look around. Well, there's male and female in the, in the church. There's barbarian. There's Cynthian. There's, that doesn't negate. You see, you see there's a, well, we're going to get to it here in just a moment. You, you look at it and go, well, there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Gentile. Yet there were Jews and Gentiles, and there were also male and female. It's just like when you, when you go over and read Romans chapter 6, he says, Therefore, consider yourselves to be dead to sin. Consider yourself to be dead to sin. The standard is that we don't see things that way, that we don't behave that way, does not take away from the fact that we still have to deal with things from a male's perspective or from a female's perspective or from you know, an, an Asian's perspective or a Hispanic's or, or, or a black person's perspective. You still have those experiences. Those are all still warranted and they're all still real. So telling somebody, don't worry about it, you don't have to worry about all that. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. You go through that prism with them. You go through that lens with them and you walk them to Christ through their life. You all understand what I'm saying there? Simply telling somebody, that's like telling, you know, flip side to this. I'm not correlating race to, to drug addiction, but it is, it is akin to this. I love it. When someone's an alcoholic, you say, hey, stop that. Or when someone's a drug addict, stop that. You just need to stop. That's not how it works. When somebody comes to Christ and you say, well, stop looking at yourself that way. That's not how that works. Your identity is who you are. We look at life and we approach life through the prism and the lens in which we were raised in. What you have to do is you have to spend time with folks. You have to have open dialogue and open conversation and walk through life through their lens. Why? 
Not for your own benefit so that you can beat your chest and say, look how well I've done. No, for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. For the salvation of people's souls. You do it with them. If people have been abused, you sit and you talk with them, you, you listen to them, you share with them, you spend time with them. You help them to heal because you bring them through and to Jesus Christ. In verse 11 of this chapter, well, before we get there, Verse 5, it says, Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them, but now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self and its evil practices. And put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between, here we go, Greek and Jew. Well, that's two. Neither of which anybody is a Greek or a Jew, right? So you go, eh, oh, it's a degree of separation. We're removed from it. Ah, hold on. Circumcised and uncircumcised. Barbarian, Scythian. Slave and free men, but Christ is all and in all. So those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Patience. And we'll stop there for just a moment. But he gives us an example in verse 11 there that there is no distinction. Once, you, once your identity becomes Jesus Christ, once you have committed to him to follow him, to serve him, and to worship him, though your identity becomes Christ, becomes Christian. Oh, that doesn't negate the fact that you're barbarian or Scythian or Jew. Matter of fact, it's, it adds the beauty to it, doesn't it? It really does. Because you can take a group of people. You can take, you can take from all different walks of life, black, Asian, Mexican, Hispanic, all these different things, white, all these different things, and you can put them all together, and you can look at the, the, the true gospel message of Jesus Christ. You can look at his saving grace, and you can look at the identity that people, they, they, they live and coexist in this body in such a way that, that those distinctions no longer define them. What defines them? And you can take drug addicts, you can take... You can take uh, uh, you know, all these different things, divorcees and, and these broken people, you could take them all. You could take them from all different walks of life, from the farthest ends of the globe and, and from the most damaged of people to the most pure of people. You could you could put them all together. And God divinely places them in his body in a truly wonderful and majestic way when it's done his way. It's amazing. Brethren, I'm sharing these things with you. I'm not asking for you to agree with me. You understand that? I'm not asking you to debate me. Matter of fact, you could fire me after these things if you wanted to. But one of the things that I bring these things up for you is to consider these things. Not everybody sees life through your way of doing things. 
And if you simply impose your thought process on people that they should see it your way, you're missing a tremendous opportunity to share the gospel message with them. There's a lot of people out there making a lot of noise right now. And they need to hear about Jesus Christ. Need to point them in that direction. Give them, give them the opportunity. Give them the introduction. Show them who he is. Not by so much of the things that you say, but by the message that you preach and the message that you live. He tells them in verses 13 through 17, really, he says, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Well, why? He really goes on, just tells him, listen, folks, this is how you're going to get along. Because it is God's intention and design to call different people. We'll get to that here in just a moment. He, it is his intention and his design to call different people to him. That's why in the rest of this chapter, he says, listen, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Why does he tell them all this? He says, look, I'm going to call you from all ends of the earth, from all kinds of walks of life. But I expect you to get along. And this is how. Set those things aside. You're no longer barbarian. You're no longer Cynthia. You're no longer black and white. No longer. Those things no longer identify you. Doesn't mean that you're not still them. But those things take second place to who your savior is. His saving grace and his mercy and compassion on our lives must be the most important. He tells them in verse 14, beyond all these, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. What? He's bringing them together, isn't he? He's bringing us together. He says, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, verse 15, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed or work, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through, uh, giving thanks through him to God and the Father. We put him first. He says, look, I'm calling you. It's a part of God's design. I'm calling you from all ends and all walks. Recognize the differences, but we can never, and, and appreciate, actually. You appreciate the differences. You go, what do you mean? Well, listen, folks, if you want to appeal to the Hispanic community, you should probably have a few Hispanics in your church. If you want to appeal to the black community, you should probably have some black folks in your community, in your church, right? What? Hey, I just said it, okay? It is what it is. What do you mean? Why? Because that is how people still to this day look at things and they perceive things. And it also tells you that if you have those types of people, if you have a more multicultural approach and friends and things like that in your life, right? You're more likely to understand things from other people's perspectives. You can at least walk through life through their lens. You can see things as they see things. You could spend the time to listen to them. 
and appreciate their thought process. Or you can look at yourself and go, no, I'm good. Because what we like to do as, as, as people is we don't want to touch these things. We don't want to talk about these things because it, it requires work. It requires effort. It requires us to spend time and, and, and to listen to folks. We don't want to do that. We'd just rather go back to you know, lunch or whatever it is that we would rather be doing. Matthew chapter 28. Familiar scripture for all of us. The Great Commission. <clears throat> Verse 16, he says, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. One of the things that's very, very important is make disciples of all nations. Why did he tell them that? Well, Jesus, when he came, you could go back and look. He came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Did he not? He focused his energy and his time and his ministry predominantly right there in Jerusalem and surrounding areas. He spent his time with Jews. Did he not? It was the expectation that the gospel, and it still is the expectation, that the gospel message is spread to all ends of the earth, to all nations. A true representation of an understanding of that would have us to be multicultural. We would understand that what overrides the color of our skin, the side of town that we live on, the type of cars that we drive, or our political affiliation, whether you're Democrat or liberal or, 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 or conservative or libertarian or all these other kind of things. Those are just man-made things, by the way. You, that's your successful operation in a man-designed government. That's all that is. None of that stuff matters. Doesn't mean we still don't vote. Doesn't mean that we still aren't proud to be American. All that's great stuff. Don't, don't get me wrong. But all that stuff's man-made, man-contrived. The spreading of the gospel and, and the, the sharing of his message to the ends of the world, and to the ends of the earth, and to all nations should be a representation of all kinds of different walks of life all kinds of different colors of skin all kinds of language that are spoken all kinds of regions and we cannot effectively do that and this is my personal opinion we cannot effectively do that on a global scale if we can't get it right in our own neighborhoods we have to start here we have to start in our own families in our own homes and then start in our own churches and remember that that message is is shared you don't share that message with people that always agree with you or have the same political affiliation or same opinion as you. Why, why would I say that? Because our natural inclination is for that to be the case. It's easier that way. The gospel message must be shared with those that have a difference of opinion, 
maybe are acting out and, and, and maybe uh, protesting in such a way that you go, why are you doing this? Sit and listen and get your opportunity to share Christ with them. Do not apologize for the way that God made you because God made us. He gave us different regions and different peoples from all different walks of life. And it makes and adds to the tapestry that makes his body beautiful and multidimensional. But simply do not dismiss the things that are going on in this country right now as people just acting up. No, there's something going on there. I look at it always and see this is, this is as a pastor you learn, uh, at least I did, when, when somebody is misbehaving or acting a certain way or not doing something that, that is beneficial to them, it's because something's wrong, generally speaking. Just like with a child. When they're not happy, there's a reason they're not happy. Simply telling them to snap out of it generally doesn't work. That means you're glossing over the real problem. Spend the time to listen, find out. Spend the time to listen to folks that you have, and friends that you have. Uh, listen to these things. Understand these things. And there's people in this a nation today, we have the answer. It's not that we possess it in and of ourselves, but that Christ has entrusted us with that message. He's given us the answer. And so we have to simply take our time. When we get, we're given the opportunity to share his message, be able to walk through the lens with folks. Maybe you're not the person to do it, but maybe you can help somebody to do that. Maybe you can help your brother. Maybe you can provide the support to help your brother or your sister to do those things. Because it is meant for everybody. <coughs> and it's freely available. And it's our responsibility. And this is the thing that I mu we must remember. Absolutely. We've been entrusted with the gospel message. We've been entrusted with the message of Jesus Christ. We are stewards. Amen? We got a job to do. You cannot like the job. It could not be preference. But we have a job nonetheless. And it's our responsibility in this life to remember that we have a boss. And he's called us to do this. And really, he's given us a tremendous opportunity right now. That's why I look at it. A lot of, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of people, a lot of things going on from coronavirus to, to, to all the things that you're seeing right now. Boy, I tell you what, it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to remind people of Jesus Christ, to tell them who he is and how he can fix some of these things that, you, that people are looking at or maybe change their perception and maybe understand how to overcome these things and or to work through these things and to... To be a part of a people or to, to, to serve a God that will wipe all that stuff away. That's the God we serve. And that's our responsibility. Be equipped, brethren. Understand these things. Don't simply dismiss these things. Don't simply say people are acting a fool or people are doing this. Don't do that. You're missing your opportunity. We must be able to talk about these things. We must be able to see these things. We must be able so that we can properly share the gospel message. That our identity is in Christ. 
And people need to see that and they need to hear it. They are, will understand that by the lives and the, and the relationships that we build with them. Be empowered, brethren. Be educated. Be the answer for folks. Sit and listen. Teach them about the restoration power of our Heavenly Father. Love you all. Keep, uh, pray the Lord bless you and keep you.